This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Thursday, June 22, 2017. I'm Caleb Brown. Cato's Michael Cannon had just five questions for Republicans hoping to repeal and replace Obamacare. Sadly, the answers provided by the new Senate GOP health care bill fall far short. Cannon offers what would have been included in his reform plan. Uh, you have several questions that you put to the Senate uh, on their long-awaited health care bill. And uh, can we just go through those in turn? Sure. One, would it repeal the parts of Obamacare, specifically community rating, that preclude secure access to health care for the sick by causing coverage to become worse for the sick and the exchanges to collapse? So the Senate bill does not repeal those provisions of Obamacare, nor the other provisions that are driving up premiums. Uh, and so the danger is not just that the, the conditions in the ex- exchanges will continue to deteriorate, that the coverage will get worse, premiums will keep going up, and in- more and more insurers will exit the exchanges, leaving people with no coverage. Uh, but that will be blamed not on the provisions of Obamacare that Republicans left in place. It will be blamed on Republicans' supposed free market reforms, which will make it even harder in the future to get rid of those very damaging regulations. All right. Number two, would it make health care more affordable or just throw subsidies at unaffordable care? And unpack what you mean by that. So the approach that Obamacare takes, that the Affordable Care Act takes to increasing access to health care is not to reduce the unit cost of health care goods and services and make them more affordable by reducing prices, which is the way you know, we make economic progress in all areas of the economy is prices go down, more people can afford these goods and services and quality improves at the same time. What the Affordable Care Act does is it, it, it takes a trillion, two trillion dollars of taxpayer subsidies and just throws it at an already unaffordable health care sector so that People won't feel those uh, over you know, the, those inflated prices. It doesn't do anything to reduce those prices as it should. And the Senate bill uh, follows the same game plan. It just throws money at health care, uh, subsidizing unaffordable care rather than making health care more affordable. All right. Number three, would it actually sunset the Medicaid expansion or keep the expansion alive long enough for a future Democratic Congress to rescue it? That would be the latter because although the Senate bill would on paper repeal Obamacare's Medicaid expansion, it would not do so until after three new Congresses took their seats. And it's almost guaranteed that at least one of those Congresses is going to be more democratic, more favorably disposed to preserving the Medicaid expansion than the current Republican Congress. And uh, they will uh, have plenty of opportunities to rescind that repeal of the Medicaid expansion. So if you kick it off to – if you don't have the uh, repeal take effect until 2024, it's not going to take effect. It would have to take effect either 2018, 2019. uh, soon enough that people will uh, – that that a new Congress will not be able to undo it in the amount of time between bill passage and repeal. 
All right, number four, tax cuts are almost irrelevant. How much of Obamacare's spending would it repeal? This is something we don't know yet because we haven't gotten a score from the Congressional Budget Office, but it appears that most of Obamacare spending will remain. We will see some reduction in the premium assistance tax credits, which are really just government outlays for uh, to help people purchase coverage through exchanges uh, because uh, the – People between 350 and 400 percent of the federal poverty level will lose eligibility. But at the same time, this bill expands Obamacare by expanding eligibility for those subsidies to people below 100 percent of the federal poverty level. The bill also uh, – it includes uh, some Medicaid cuts. But again, I think those are not going to take effect for the same reasons that the repeal of the Medicaid expansion won't. Uh, it does not uh, appear that it will repeal much of Obamacare's spend, new spending uh, and even if the Congressional Budget Office projects that it will, I think that a lot of those cuts won't take effect. All right. And if it leaves major elements – this is number number five here – if it leaves uh, major elements of the Affordable Care Act in place, would it lead voters to blame the ongoing failure on those provisions on supposed free market reforms? That has been – you know. The mantra of Obamacare opponents for the last seven years has been repeal Obamacare and replace it with free market reforms. So if Congress acts, if Republicans, now that they've got control of the House, the Senate and the White House, if they act, if they say they're repealing Obamacare, if they say they're replacing it with free market reforms, if they say they're keeping their word and then premiums keep going up and markets keep collapsing. Uh, then people will quite reasonably, although inaccurately, blame all that fallout on free market reforms rather than uh, – even though there were no free market reforms enacted, even though it's Obamacare that's causing all that harm, uh, I think that uh, certainly Obamacare proponents and maybe even the median voter will conclude that it was free market reforms that are causing all this damage. So you said that this bill is essentially worse than the House bill, but it does track fairly similarly. And uh, to my understanding, that that's largely a strategic decision in terms of uh, getting it passed. Uh, I'm not sure that it's a strategic decision. Um, uh, I mean, if you mean to buy votes or, or or in order to get to 50 votes in the Senate, perhaps. No, I mean making it very similar to the House bill. Um, they did not need to do that. They really faced a few constraints given the, the special Senate procedure they are using to uh, get this bill through the Senate with only 50 votes. But they could have departed from what the House did in, in, in significant ways. Uh, I, I think that maybe what the, the, the strategic decision might have been if they have to conference something with the House, then the more they emulate the House bill, the easier that will be to do. But uh, in significant respects, this is worse than the House bill because it expands um, uh, the uh, eligibility for one of Obamacare's subsidy programs and, um, and, and doesn't even try really to repeal – uh, significant regulations. If there were uh, two, re two or three reforms that you would have put into uh, legislation that the House and Senate would be working on, what would they be? I think the most important thing would be to repeal Obamacare's community rating price controls. As I mentioned before, that's what's driving up premiums. It's what's making coverage worse for the sick. It is what is causing insurance markets to collapse in places like East Tennessee and Ohio, Missouri, uh, Washington State. And uh, it's the most damaging part of Obamacare. So it's not repeal. It's not a step in the right direction unless you're repealing community rating. 
beyond that, if I could only pick you know, one or two other things, I might leave other parts of Obamacare in place for the moment and reform the tax treatment of employer-sponsored insurance in a way that would deliver the largest tax, effective tax cut that, uh, that anyone uh, – Living, any living American has ever seen, a tax cut larger than the Reagan and Bush tax cuts combined, by letting workers control the money that their employers use to purchase their health benefits. When you give workers that money, let them purchase their health insurance and their uh, medical care with it, they will become cost conscious in a way that does drive down prices and importantly, will change the political dynamics surrounding Obamacare so that it, the rest of Obamacare will be easier to repeal because if you are paying your health insurance premiums yourself, you are going to be much more likely to vote for candidates who will say, I will get rid of these unwanted regulatory costs. I will repeal the rest of Obamacare. And then beyond that, I mean, I might even go uh, – I would repeal Obamacare's Medicaid expansion or, 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 or drastically uh, change uh, the, the underlying Medicaid program with uh, a, a full flexibility and zero growth block grant, which would reduce the federal government's role in the Medicaid program. And if I get a few more choices, then I'll get to take a whack at Medicare as well. All right. So uh, you, you said that the – uh, changing the tax treatment for the provision of health insurance would amount to a very large tax cut. But uh, it's my understanding that isn't it employers that would be receiving the tax cut? No, because I was careful to say an effective tax cut. Right now, on average, employers spend $13,000 on health benefits for workers with family coverage. That $13,000 is not the employer's money. It comes out of the worker's salary. So that if the employer were not providing health benefits, your salary would be $13,000 higher. And if you reform the tax treatment of employer-sponsored insurance in the right way by expanding health savings accounts, tax-free health savings accounts, then you allow workers to take that $13,000 as income. So their income could go from, say, $50,000 to $63,000 giving them control over $13,000 of their income that they did not previously control and that is a huge effective tax cut. And then uh, not only do they get to choose how to spend that money, they'll spend it more wisely than their employers will. They'll buy more secure health insurance. Uh, they will shop around and put downward pressure on prices and when you have 200 million Americans doing that, you are going to see prices fall in health care the way we see them fall in other areas of the economy. Like the House bill, the Senate bill is not a step in the right direction and it would be worse than doing nothing. Michael Cannon directs health policy studies at the Cato Institute. Subscribe to and rate the Cato Daily Podcast at iTunes and Google Play and follow us on Twitter at Cato Podcast.